Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time to groove with Groovy with an all-time great Razorback quarterback. Takes it, cuts inside to the 10 to the 5, he'll score. Touchdown. Win Groovy, showing the great athletic ability, did it his way. Current Razorback broadcast analyst, Quinn Groby. Grooving with Groby is brought to you by Bell & Sward at 1011 Oak Street in Conway. From boots to suits, they have everything for the best-dressed man. Now, let's groove. Let's groove Mr. Groby. Welcome in. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, good. Who else good. should be on the Mount Rushmore of tight ends at Arkansas? That could be a question of the day, Christian. What that you, should be a question of the day. Who are we missing? We got we got uh, the D- two sure things. DJ and Hunter. Who else? Yeah, I mean, because we were called tight end you for a while, right? I mean, because of the prowess of the tight ends, and a lot of it goes back to Hunter and DJ, but I'm trying to think, too. Um who added big-time value. I mean, you had a lot of guys that uh, stepped up. I mean, you got guys like Jeremy Sprinkle who uh, had, good, had good years. But when you talk about Mount Rushmore, I think you're probably looking at DJ and Hunter. Okay. I mean, I mean they both won the Mackey. I don't know if anybody else is up there. The, two heads, the other two heads haven't been made yet. Well, you do, like, you do like a face of each one, and then you do like a, a pose of the whole, like a whole body on the other two spots, maybe, is what you do with They're those They're the goalposts, right? You're just waiting to fill in the middle. You've got right. your two staples on the edge. <laughs> Now you're just waiting yeah. to, to put the, the two people in the middle. Do you see that kind of potential for Haz? Not to put too much on him already. Yeah, no, he, he definitely has potential. Um, there, and, and I love the fact that Sam is talking to him about all the things that he needs to improve on. Uh, when you're a freshman, being able to make an impact the way that he's doing it right now uh, is, is really, really big. It's, it's significant. It's significant for KJ in regards to moving this offense in the right direction, which I think this offense is moving in the right direction. They had their best offensive output, in my opinion, against a very good football team on the road. I mean, he showed up. And, you know, you start bringing along Armstrong and and Tesla. uh, It just just really starts to solidify what you're trying to do, uh, working across the middle of the field and making things happen with that. I mean, Arkansas is going to run a bunch of RPOs, and so, you know, Armstrong and Tesla are going to have their opportunities. But Haz is a guy that can be a matchup nightmare, as you talked about, uh, from that tight end position. And then when you get another tight end that can come in and be a receiving threat, uh, then that's when I think you're going to see that, that 12 personnel package really take off. But right now, it's a lot of 11 because you got two wide receivers out there. Uh, and a tight end that's uh, really making a lot of plays and has. How did you like Tesla being slid into the slot and then, uh, you know, what they could put on the field? Uh, I mean, you know, him and Armstrong, to me, as long as they're out there, I know you're going to have a guy that's going to be a big body person that's going to fight for the football, that's going to be where they need where they need to be. So whether mm-hmm. he's in the slot or the outside or, or whatever, I, it really doesn't matter to me. I just know that you can count on it, and that's really – the big thing. So you've got those two receivers you can count on. Still trying to find that third. And mm-hmm. you've got to find a third that is very explosive. And I think, I'm not sure what's going on with uh, Satania with that um, because he has been very aggressive in the kick return game. But I'm not sure what's going on in, in the uh, on the offensive side of the ball because uh, he can be that guy that can stretch it. So they're looking for that third. If they can find that, that speed guy, 
I think that's going to open up this offense even more. Quinn, there were some good moments on the on the defense, and you know we were excited about the D line going in, and really the the back ends had some good moments as well. But you know they gave up a couple of drives, and, and LSU is obviously talented; they made it look easy. Uh, neighbors is really special and, and his counterpart at receiver also pretty darn good but um, that drive at the end of the first half you know a lot of people are talking about the end of the game but I mean that drive at the end of the yeah. first half after you drive down and get some points was particularly disappointing yeah that that I was I was worried about that I was worried about that because if you go into that locker room you know you know with a with that with that lead that you that you had I mean that that gives you a lot of confidence on the road, and you got to be really excited about it. You still went into the locker room with the lead, but for them to come down and score so fast in three plays, uh, you you started going, uh oh, all right, okay, let's go to the locker room, let's regroup. They get the football back, and then they come back and do the same thing. And so we, the the defense I thought was really really good. I thought they had Jaden Daniels confused. I, they, they were bringing heat. You know, Arkansas normally they'll bring four from uh, from the defensive front, but then. I really hadn't seen them bring more than like a linebacker, like a fifth person. Sometimes it's a safety, but I mean, Poopal, uh, Thomas, those guys were coming. They were bringing five and six just about every time. And Daniels was throwing the ball in the dirt. I thought they had him off, off rhythm and mm-hmm. was really good in the first half. But then, you know, right. That, 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 that drive before the half. And then the second half, they just were pretty much unstoppable. Um, as far as the running game goes, uh, you know, again, Rocket sounds like things are, are looking good. I mean, Coach didn't want to 100% confirm that he was going to play, but how much does that change your thinking on this game if Rocket's available and able to go at close to 100%? Well, I mean, anytime you got a guy that's led or been one of the top two running backs in the SEC running for the amount of yards that you, that he's running for, yeah, he's definitely going to help you. So that, that would be great to get him back, but I like the fact that these other guys are really trying to step up. I thought Rashad DeBean took a huge step last mm-hmm. week with the way he was carrying the football. I thought he was very, very good in the run game. His vision, his, his ability to cut and find lanes, uh, running his track. So I feel good about that. I think, you know, hopefully you can get a, a healthier A.J. Green and then Dominique Johnson. But, of course, look, you, you've got you've got four guys in that running back room that are really, really good, and I think you got to give Jimmy Smith a lot of credit for keeping them together, mm-hmm. and they all want to do it for the team. So, um, yeah, getting Rocket back definitely helps you. Uh, I don't think you'll see him with double-digit carries, I don't think, unless he's really, really ready to go. Mm-hmm. But the big thing is is making sure that he's able to protect himself and, uh, you know, not not get hurt further. Um, okay, so this game feels uh, – we've been talking about it this week, Quinn. This game feels very, very important for Arkansas. Again, you, you fall to BYU, a game that most people had you penciled in to win, and obviously you had plenty of chances if you didn't kind of shoot yourself in the foot repeatedly. You almost knock off a top-ranked LSU team and fall a little short. You've got two brutally difficult games coming up here on the road against an explosive Ole Miss team, and Alabama seems to be figuring things out a little bit as well, at least according to Ole Miss they were. Um, so this game feels very important for Arkansas, but again, if you're Jimbo Fisher and company, especially by Petrino, I'm sure he's got some extra motivation facing his former team. They can't really afford to lose this game either. I mean, this just feels like a really important game. Every game is important, obviously, but, uh, for Arkansas to get anywhere close to the preseason goals, you got to get this one, right? Yeah. And these are, these are really more important because I mean, what you said, I I think you really feel like you should have won the BYU game. 
I think you feel like you should have won the LSU game. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I think that, that as a coaching staff, being able to go back and talk about those three or four or five plays that really made a difference is, is something that you really got to focus in on because, you know, there are times where you get blown out and you just don't even watch the film. But Arkansas did not play their best in those two games they lost, and they still had a chance to win the football game. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not in the moral victory camp right there, but you can get better in a loss. But at the end of the day, they, I, I know that Sam can take that, that film and go, hey, look, fellas, you know, this is a cr- critical component. This is a cr- crit- critical part of the game. If we'd have done something different right here, that might have been able to change the outcome. So when when you've got your program at the point where you know those four or five uh, plays per game, or you know with the amount of penalties that you're having from a focus standpoint, I mean you reduce those and you you win some of those four or five plays, then you got a chance to win those football games. So a lot of times when you're in that situation, you're like, man, there ain't really nothing we can do about it. But mm-hmm. there's a lot Arkansas can do about it, and I think that. Even though they're two and two, they they definitely believe that they should be four and zero. No doubt. Talking to Quinn Grovey on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. If you're just tuning in, um, KJ again, he's a problem when he does what he does, which is run around and and also when he's passing it accurately. The question is always, how long can he sustain this? Now, I liked a couple of the things he did, you know, in the last couple of weeks where he's running and getting yards, and then he's getting down, and and he's you know even running out of bounds, which is something we didn't see early in his career. Can he sustain this kind of performance, do you think? Because it's going to take Superman being Superman, I think, for them to win the number of games they want. Yeah, he's going to have to do it every week. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's your leader on offense, and everything runs through him. I mean, the passing game, the run game, everything runs through him. So, yeah, he, he, he might as well get rested up every single Saturday because he is going to be tired afterwards. Mm-hmm. And if Arkansas is going to have success, it's going to be because of KJ and what he's doing offensively. So, yeah, it's a, it's a huge load, but when you hold back with that type of experience, you give him a huge load. Mm-hmm. He can handle it. Yeah. And so I, I, I see him really seeing it as, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do and, and, and not really feeling the pressure. Let me ask you about a few other games in the SEC this weekend. LSU Ole Miss, chief among them. You saw LSU in person last week. You saw what Alabama was able to do Ole Miss, holding them down. Obviously, it was in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Ole Miss at home against the Tigers this weekend. What do you think? I like LSU. Um, I, I I didn't think I was going to say that, but when I saw I saw the I think it was like two and a half uh, 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 point spread on yep. on the road, and uh, I, I just think that LSU they they know they dodged a bullet last week. Mm-hmm. They they know they dodged one, and so I think that they will have uh, the entire focus of of LSU will have their focus on Ole Miss. So. I think they'll be ready to go, and I think they'll. Uh, I think they'll keep the train moving. South Carolina, you know, Loggins is doing a good job with Rattler. I mean, this is the best Spencer's looked in his career, and he's had some good moments before. But he's around seventy-five percent passing. You know, they gave Georgia a little bit of a scare at least for a half, and then they looked good last week. Um, they covered the number, but only barely um, in a in a dog fight with Mississippi State. They're going to Tennessee this week. The question is, can they keep pace? Because you know, Tennessee is going to put up some points. But I think this could be a pretty entertaining game. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, you know, I picked Tennessee to win the East, and mm-hmm. so they're going to have to continue to, to, to make things happen. And But losing to Florida really hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I expect them to be back on track. I mean, I think Josh Heifel is too good of a coach. I, you know, and, and Dallas has done a great job with, you know, Spencer Rattler and helping him come along. But I just think it's too much firepower over there. 
uh, at Tennessee, and I think that they win that one easily. Uh, I'm not going to ask you about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, but I do want to ask about one other <laughs> off-field thing this week that is related to on-field. And, and I, I hate that it's even got to be addressed, but this is this has been going on for a long time. It's just that people are more accessible now through social media than they were before. But Coach Pittman's obviously made it a point to, you know, A, get yeah. away from social media himself, but also stick up for his players and, and talking in relation to mental health, which is a legitimate concern for a coach. It's hard enough to get guys ready to play when they're getting ridiculed by their own fan base. Um, you went yeah. through it, though. I mean, the question yeah. is, I mean, I guess the, the, the means of, of reaching out. Pat Bradley was telling us this week he used to get letters in the mail. You guys suck. Yeah, and, again, right. the problem for him is he was in the program right after they won the national title. So, comparatively, they did suck, although they were pretty <laughs> Sweet good. Sweet 16 not good enough. It isn't. That's I mean, right. that's the thing. Yeah. The bar was too high. But, but what did you go through with that? And then also what, uh, what would you like to see happen with the kids and the coaches these days with, uh, with what's going on and the availability? Well, I mean, social media is just – taking it to a whole new level. So it's really it playing now is, is like a whole nother day and age. And, and you're right. I mean, back then, I mean, our fans were still as passionate uh, as they are now, but it was just a little bit harder. You had to write letters. I would have boxes of letters every single week from fans. A lot of them were good. The majority of them were good, but there were some that were bad. And that's what you, I mean, that's what's going to happen in any fan base. And, you know, people are going to not always support what you have going on and and uh, may not like everything that, that you're doing. But, you know, I think when you start getting personal with people, I mean, that's one thing. Um, you know, social media also, you can hide behind, um, you know, that, that, that title of Sheep Herder 127 mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And you don't even have to put out, you don't have to put your name on it. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's tough, man. The one thing I will say about that is, I would never want the fan base of Arkansas to lose their passion. And when you love with passion, you love hard. And when you're mad with passion, I mean, you're, you're mad about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you're going to ever find a fan base that's going to 100% come together and hold hands and sing kumbaya for everything that people are doing at the university. Um, but it, it's just a part of it. I yeah. mean, I just, you, want them to, you want them to support you. You want them to like you. But, you know, when things turn on you a little bit where people start getting personal with you, that that bothers you a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's it, it's tough, but it, that's what you sign up for. Yeah, you do to some degree. I mean, you, you, you're willing to accept some of that. But my thing is, and I said this earlier in the week, if you if you go after a coach or a player and you're talking about their physical appearance, not the job yep. they're doing on the field, you're a scumbag. Yep. And, frankly, your opinion doesn't yep. matter to me, and I would like to see coaches go block, block, block. Take personal shots, you're out. I mean, you want to criticize, fine. That's fair. That's yep. reasonable. Yep. He gets paid good money right. to take criticism. But you make it personal about his appearance or whatever else, I mean, get out of here. You're a loser. Yep. You know what? Get back under well, your rock. Anyway. And, and, the th- and the thing about Sam, too, man, is uh, you may not agree with every call or whatever. Uh, that's fine. Uh, but he's a guy that allows a lot of access. I mean, the stuff that they're doing on Hogs Plus, they, they understand that Razorback fans crave news and mm-hmm. behind-the-scenes information. And it gets to the point, too, where I always say you can give people too much information, sure. too. Yep. And so that's one thing that you always got to be thinking about. But Sam is thinking about how can I continue to engage this fan base and, mm-hmm. and, and let them be a part of it. it- just, so he'll he'll work through it. He'll work through it. Listen, if you're that kind of guy, just walk in the in the bathroom in the morning and look yourself in the mirror and say, "Today, I'm not going to be a douche." Don't do that kind of stuff, people. You're just a bad person. All right, Chris, is real quick before we let you go. Uh, Chris has done a little research. Our crack reporter over here. That's what I am. And, and I mean, like he's a good reporter, not yeah, like he's on crack. Anyway, yeah. what, what'd you find? All right, so names. Tell me if you agree or disagree for the tight end 
Mount Rushmore for the University of Arkansas. These were suggested, and I've got some stats to back it up. So <laughs> on our Southern Structural Solutions text line, Texter writes in, Kirk Botkin, back in your playing days, Quinn. Kirk Botkin, yep. the first all-SEC all-teamer in the tight end position okay. in the University of Arkansas history. Does that qualify? What do you guys think? I'll go with whatever Quinn says. Quinn? Um, I mean, Kurt was great. I don't know if he's uh, to the level of, of Hunter and DJ. We got to fill I mean, two spots. Was... They don't have to be equal. They're just going to go up there. I mean, I don't think well, all four presidents okay. on all Mount right, Rushmore are equal either. Okay, well, then give me the rest all of right, the here, here, Okay, here's some quick numbers by, on Kurt. By Kurt. the way, Coach Zimmerman backed me up on Jody Denport. I just want to say that for the record. So the year he was named All-SEC, um, he caught 33 receptions for 257 yards and no touchdowns. So... Get out Just of here. some background. You got to get some TDs, Kurt. Come on, baby. <laughs> he, yeah. So, okay. All right. How about some TDs? Jody Davenport, who was mentioned. Yep. 1999. I couldn't find his numbers. Okay. From college. Best okay. season, 1999. 21 receptions, 277 yards. Not big, but 10.8 per reception and five touchdowns. Yeah. He also averaged like six points a game and three rebounds for the basketball team. So, you I know love me some Jody. All right. So, he was one that was mentioned also on our Southern Structural Solutions. Text line. Here's one. I don't know if we mentioned this one earlier. Chris Gregg. Yes. Is that mentioned? That was me- uh-huh. that was mentioned to me. Uh-huh. Okay. That's a good one. All right. Chris Gregg on there. Yeah. You mentioned Jeremy Sprinkle, but hey, Gregg's numbers aren't too bad. He actually had 43 receptions yeah. for 581 yards in his best season 2011 when they went to the Cotton Bowl, which was third on the team in receptions. That's so salty. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good argument. Yeah, and he had three years in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Yeah. So those are three, um, I thought, quality selections. Uh, and suggestions, Jody Davenport, and then someone said Blake Kern. What about Blake Kern with the touchdown in the Alabama yeah, game? I love Blake Kern, but come on, now. yeah, I know. So I was one. Come on, no, can't go off that. But Greg Sprinkle, I think, uh, I think Jody Davenport. Though, if you're going to have your next tier after Hunter Henry and DJ Williams, I'd put Jody in there. Gotcha. For now, I mean, okay. we also have exceptional one on on campus up there that probably will statistically. I think has going to have a real look have at a it. really good good shot of being up there. Yes, I don't want to put too much on him too early. It's early. Quinn, I appreciate you, and thanks to Bell and Sward. We will talk to you next week. Safe travels to Arlington, my friend. All right, fellas. Talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. That is the uh, incomparable Quinn Grovey. Love number four. Appreciate him.